Last time on Knights at the Roll Table, Melbourne and Theo were able to rescue Deidre, Yenny, and Igneous from a chamber below a temple of Avaros. They defeated an undead orc and several cultist guards, but an evil mage got away. They regrouped with their changeling contact Julian, or Julia, who recommended they head underground as no knights of the realm were now being hunted by the elites. Narrowly escaping, the party slid and then walked down a series of tunnels and passageways deep into the caverns of Subterra. with Knights of the Rolled Table. Woo, woo! Welcome back, everybody. When we last left off, you guys found yourself in the Underdark. There's stalactites and stalagmites. Uh, it goes on for what seems like miles. Your guide, who has morphed into their changeling form, looks back and says, follow me. We have to make it to the Mizvaron settlement before it gets any darker down here. Because, believe it or not, there is a night and a day. Please follow me. Try not to touch anything. And so you guys are making your way on this path towards the Mesbron settlement. And you're walking along and your guide is, is kind of taking point. So if there's anything you guys want to talk about or discuss as you're walking, you can you can feel free to discuss. So not really in discussion, but so we're, we're knights. We just met these other knights. And like the concept of that would be you should know inherently that this per that means this person is trustworthy. That means mm -hmm. this person will do good. They yeah. will have your back. You don't have to worry about them being behind you in battle. Right. However, Igneous and Deidre and Yenny, our only experience of the knights have been hastily recruited and then put into a division where we found corrupt knights and then like the whole system was almost overthrown. So like mm -hmm. what's our current sense of like where things are at? It's been a few months since Castor City and the events of Red Basin and the uh, sort of battle of the caves of, of mm -hmm. Red Basin. So since then there's been some resetting of expectations. The, the helm of pure insight that one party discovered has been used and utilized to do an assessment of all of the knights that were in in sort of public access uh, or not in hiding. During that time, though, your contacts, Alistair Slate and Remy, Remy, yeah, Remy Valiant. So Alistair Slate, Remy Valiant were sort of captains of the knights. Um, and because they sort of earned both of your trust over time, they said, hey, we have a way of Knowing now who is trustworthy, every all of the bad knights have been sort of like flushed out. So anytime that you see a knight and they have the tattoo, like that's legit. I mean, I feel like we can still have a healthy dose of skepticism. Oh yeah, I mean, you can you can be skeptic. That's that's totally fine. We're confident as well as we know, but also yeah, certainly in the back of your mind would be like, if For it sure. happened once, it could happen again. Is it damp down here? It is. It's kind of musty. I wouldn't say it's like humid, but there might be areas where you guys are not necessarily traveling right now on the path. It, it's not necessarily damp. It's it's more just like in a in a musty cave. Is our guide still with us? Too? Yeah, your guide is right is right in front of you. It's a little hard to tell gender right now because they're in their changeling form. So it's kind of like a they're hooded in a, in a black cloak with a gray kind of leather outfit and they have uh, short white shock hair, sort of a, a pale gray skin and deep dark set eyes with white pupils. So I'm sorry, darling, a person formerly known as uh, Julia, I believe it was. Yes. Uh, what would you like us to address you as? Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I, I go by so many names on the above ground, I don't get to introduce my true self very often. I am Gustavo. Yes. Well met. Well met, all of you. Melbin, Igneous, Yanni, Deidre, Theo. Under the circumstances, I'm glad that we made it out of there. 
And you guys are continuing to walk, and he's kind of t talking with you. Uh, out of curiosity, has anyone ever been in the Underdark before? Oh, not me. This would be a first for me, too. No. Yes, despite being incredibly well-traveled, I'm afraid this is my first time. Well, I have to warn you of a couple of things. There are some nasty beasts down here. The path that we are on uh, mostly should be safe, um, but there might be some areas where we have to move quickly. And so if that is the case, please follow me quickly. We might have to move stealthily. I assume all of you can try to be as quiet as possible, which means no talking. There might be areas where if you see a if you see Igneous, a mist, Igneous turns to Yenny is like, mm. <laughs> um, and, I am not well known for my uh, stealth. And he's like clank clank clank. Yeah, <laughs> he's walking her. Well, Yenny has been working on hers, and she's made fabulous progress so far. If it's just one person making noise, it might not be a, as much, but it sort of depends on how many ears we have on the noise at any given time. Will do. The other warning I must give you is, if you see any mist or thick fog, please try not to breathe it in, as it is, well, it can have effects on your mind. Uh, what kind of effects? better if I don't tell you, because if I start to tell you, you might go start going into the effects prematurely. Just try not to breathe in any fog, please. That sounds extremely concerning. The Underdark is not a safe place for surface dwellers, but odd as it might be, it might be safer to be down here than to be hunted on the surface at the moment. At least down here we can stay in areas that I know that we can travel quickly, and you will not be hunted by a army of soldiers. So that might be the way to go until you get to your final destination here. And this final destination, um, the facilities there, we, we will have access to hygienic facilities of some sort, some sort of bathing establishment, and um, <laughs> warm beds, right? Uh, Miss Didra, it might not be what you are accustomed to, I apologize, but we will do our best in my... The people that will be hosting us for the night, because I know some of you are quite tired, uh, you will get a chance to have a bed, you will have a chance to wash up, you will have a chance to rest, and we will be protected. But we still have about an hour to travel, so... Please follow me and try to keep the talking to a minimum. So he, he kind of moves forward. You continue moving. So uh, where are you all from? I'm sorry, I thought we were not supposed to talk. Igneous is holding his breath as much as possible. <laughs> Occasionally being like, <gasps> oh, from the fire realm. <gasps> oh, that's interesting. Is that from the, the north or the south or? Uh, the, the, the plane of fire. An Planes. entire plane of fire? Yeah, like, must uh, be hot. Like the plane of fire, like in the in the, in the universal planar system, there's like fire, earth, air, water, and it's like a celestial, not celestial as another one, but like the plane, everything's fire, basically. And uh, now, now I live here. Okay, so like, do you take the north road to get there, or? It was a. I took a portal. You heard of uh, respite, battle of respite, uh, battle against the flames. Uh, that whole deal happened down there before the. I need everybody to make a, uh, make a history check. Everybody except Igneous. <laughs> Eighteen. Seventeen. Sixteen. Twelve. Uh, so all of you have heard of of the battle of respite, or at least have heard of the realm of Oakheart and that there was some sort of fire realm battle there. You know, the battle, uh, war against the flames, it's got, it's got a lot of names. We were, we were the bad guys, but now I'm good. So you're a bad guy then? Uh, no, I was drafted okay. uh, as a child, and now I'm here, and then I sort of broke, broke free during that, and then uh, also you heard that whole business a few months ago where Principal Order Decius <laughs> tried to, you know, kill all the knights and uh, some valiant knights uh, saved us that was also that was us yeah. yes we were in a bit of trouble with that as well 
I imagine. Uh, how how long? How how? What was that lock out here? Two people that we trusted. Two knights killed our killed our leader in the middle of the night. That wasn't very nice. Sorry to hear that. Yes, we were quite sad. We were supposed to meet up with the Drake Blood Moon. They're supposed to tell us what to do next. We were sent out here to meet up with that Blood Moon fellow too. Every once in a while, Gustavo will kind of hold his hand up, you know, as as travelers do sometimes, and all of you kind of come to a halt, and he like gives you a little signal to move on. And uh, at one point, you do come to some what looks like kind of a creeping uh, mist and sort of a dense fog, and it's coming on from the side at first, and then it's then it starts to get a little bit thicker. And he looks back at you and says, "You can breathe, just." try to take small breaths and uh, he he moves you forward and you're moving through this kind of dense purplish uh, mist and I need everybody to make a wisdom saving throw please 16 20 13 21 22 Uh-oh. okay okay now Rebecca you're gonna need to hold your breath now girl uh, roll for Rebecca. <laughs> the animals that there are giant versions of in D&D always Oof. astound me. <laughs> in what context did we need giant goat? This one, Zach! Uh, el- Eleven. Mm. Okay. So all of the all of you seem to be fine. You're taking shallow breaths. You're, you're kind of uh, you know making your way through. Uh, you see where the fog ends. Um, Theo, you look down at Rebecca and and you see there's something going on with her. She's a little bit nervous. She seems to be confused. I need you to roll a D100, please. 83. 8-3. Rebecca looks at you and she seems to have this kind of look of she doesn't know who you are for a second. She, she gets kind of confused. And then she looks around and she seems very like, I don't know where I am. Then it seems to go away and she keeps moving, but she's having trouble moving forward. She she knows who she is. She she knows she's a sheep, um, but she f- seems to not recognize you every couple of minutes. And this this lasts for about four minutes. Uh, so she's suffering from partial amnesia. It's okay, it's girl. Of, we'll get you out. Come on. Let's, so let's event- move. Let's move. Yeah. So eventually, after a few minutes, uh, you do make it through the fog. Uh, it's not a very large patch of fog, but just enough to give you a little taste of the um, underdark fog of madness uh, <laughs> that we have here. And um, and then through that fog, as if the the light is opening up, as you can see in this kind of this image that, that we have, there's like, you know, kind of suspended rocks and there's weird light sources and things like that so you come upon the settlement uh, you come up on the settlement that Gustavo mentioned which is Mesveron settlement and uh, you see a small series of walls and towers fortify a series of stone and wood buildings they're mining um, they're mining some sort of material here you hear kind of like work working tools and you hear large uh, metal sounds kind of hit metal hitting metal and stone hard rock is kind of surrounding almost uh, two sides not hard rock like but but hard uh, stone and and um, mountain backing so it, it opens up in the front and there is a gate that is in the front and you guys are let in and on the inside of the gate you see a couple of dwarves and these are distinctly mountain dwarves but they look pretty dirty and ashen and and deep in the earth like they've been down here a while kind of pale um they're not duragar they're not underground dwarves but they they are dwarves that have chosen to be down here to to mine and to find things and well that's not boding well for their being they they uh they look at you and and they kind of grumble a little bit and then they look at gustavo and they kind of nod uh, a nod of approval and they kind of usher you in they take a quick look around on the outside um 
seem to be used to the routine of like letting him in and um, looking around to make sure you're not followed and then quickly close the iron and wood gate. Do they seem to be guarding the gate or just kind of like they just happen to be there? Yeah, there's a couple of guards in the towers above the parapets and there's people that are basically like the open courtyard in the middle of this, of this facility. It's not it's not a castle. It's more of a fort um, that um, that they call the settlement. So and as you look around, you see a good number of dwarves. There, there seems to be about 17 or, or 18 dwarves here. And one of them comes over to you and it's a female dwarf. It's a little hard to tell at first because there is a bit of um, stubble on the side of her face. And she's got a nice set of sideburns. It's kind of uh, starting to turn red as it gets closer to her mouth. And she comes up and she says, Well, now, who have you brought us here, Gustavo? And Gustavo says, Well, I will let them introduce themselves. Go ahead. These are uh, trusted knights of the realm. Uh, You can introduce yourselves, though, my friends. Uh, Hi, I'm uh, Igneous. Pleased to meet you. I'm Deidre. I'm Yanni. I am Melvin Gelrod. A pleasure to meet you. You can call me Theo. This is this is my sheep, Rebecca. <laughs> See a couple of the dwarves Old look girl. over and they're kind of like, Old girl. sheep? Like, <laughs> and then a few of them kind of look at look at Rebecca and, and see that she's metal and they, you get this kind of like glint in their eye like what's that about like they're kind of interested like from a from a almost like a scientific standpoint like is that metal is that a metal sheet like, they're very uh, they're very curious about that and so the the woman that has come over to you the female dwarf she says oh very good um, knights were happy to have you here um, we'll try to make your stay as comfortable as possible. This is not obviously a an inn, um, but uh, this is a mining facility that uh, is also friend and a safe harbor to the knights uh, when you're in this area of the Underdark. My name is Nurkara Borofound. I am the foreman here of this facility. Gustavo, you can have the two rooms that you normally stay in. Uh, the rest, uh, they... They've been out on patrol, so they won't be back for a couple of um, couple of hours. So you can have that for the night. And Gustavo says, thank you. I appreciate that. So the five of you, you can follow me. Or six, sorry, Rebecca. I apologize. And so he, he brings you over to this uh, large central dome, kind of made of wood and stone in the center. Inside, next to the dome, he brings you over to this sort of roofed bungalow. And uh, they're sort of like military barracks in a way. Um, there's a few wooden cots inside and there's some straw mattresses, some curtains that are separating each area. There's like two mattresses in each area. So they're not s- separate rooms. They're, they're separate uh, areas. And there's an open fireplace kind of off to the side with a smoke vent that goes up into the open air um, a, a little wash basin that has that has a pitcher next to it. So it's very rudimentary, kind of uh, not even glamping. It's 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 um, you know salt of the earth kind of kind of uh, arrangements. Gustavo says, "Look, these people um, have to. Food is very scarce here in the Underdark, and I try to bring them what what I can from the surface anytime I come down here. So I." I have some things for them. Uh, do any of you have rations or or uh, things for you to have sustenance for the night? I think I have a few almonds, but uh, not really. I'm, I'm starving. Well, I mean, would we have... We've been traveling. Then we got captured. So if it was still, probably we had some rations before we were packed, captured, right? Yeah. If if in your in your uh, explorers pack, anything that you had, if you have like a traveler's pack or a uh, you, you most of most of the time that comes with like ten days of rations, but it's it's like hardtack, jerky, like stuff like that. It's not something that can go bad. So Gustavo looks, uh, you know, he says, I, "I might have something," and he yeah. M- Melvin has plenty, so he could offers up to share as well. Yeah, Gustavo brings out a, a baguette, um, mm. uh, kind of a loaf of bread. Um, it's kind of like mm. a sourdough, and and he says, "You may share this and." I believe 
my friend Theo, you might have some toppings to go on this as well. Well, I, I'm supposing none of you are lactose intolerant then. <laughs> no, as far as I know. I mean, if it's sheep's, if it's sheep's cheese, I, Does that... I don't even know if that has lactose. <laughs> really? It's, I don't know. Oh, it's not dairy. Let's, well, wait a minute. That. What's the definition of dairy? Is it any milk from any animal or is it only from cows? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's. Yeah. Theo says, <laughs> well, um, Rebecca and I can make, uh, we have a good collection of cheese that we can share. If you I would, would suggest you keeping mind. that amongst yourselves. If the dwarves find out that you have cheese, they will. Well, you won't have cheese in the morning. So <laughs> <laughs> let's just. Try to keep that to a, a minimum. Uh, don't go eating outside of this bungalow. I will let you rest. I know some of you are quite tired. I suggest you get a full rest, and we will meet here in the morning. And um, after, let's say, eight, nine hours, and um, after you have sufficiently rested, I will come in and give you a mission briefing, and, and, uh, and we will talk about the next steps of your journey. Does that sound sufficient to you? Sounds good. Thank you kindly, Gustavo. How now are we going to be figuring out how to, like, what time it is? If there's not well, suns and there's not moons. Since you've been up all night, uh, the, he kind of mentions to you and, and Melbourne, Theo and Melbourne, you've been up all night, so I assume that you are tired. And the others have been exhausted for uh, close to two days, so they are tired. So... I suggest that you start keeping track of when you rest and when you don't. The days are what you make of them down here. However, that feels sufficient for you. I, you rest for a couple of hours and then you move around and walk and do what you need to do for the same amount of time. That is kind of how things work. You can keep track by um, counting, I suppose. <laughs> I like oh. that. Sleep when you're tired. Wake when you're not. Eat when you're hungry. Breathe when you need to breathe unless there's mist around. Exactly. Ways of the only talk. This is, this is true. Well, I am quite tired and I'm ready to sleep whenever sleep is available. I don't actually sleep, but I could use a nice meditation. <laughs> All right. So Gustavo takes his leave of you. He goes to... A chat with some of the dwarves and give them some provisions that he brought down with him and um you are left to your own devices in this bungalow um, there is an open fire that's warming uh igneous yenny and deidre you are super tired <laughs> and as soon as I, I i would even say like as soon as you start down to meditate it's it's hard to not fall asleep in the middle of meditation if you, if you do that but anything you want to do before you fall asleep and conk out um, is not now is a kind of time to do that. I would like look for a cloth so I could give myself a little bath scrub down as best as I can. There are no cloths. It's just there's just water and a stone basin. But could but, you use the cheese? But do you have a do you have a washcloth or or? I have a novelty handkerchief you can use. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, this is good I'm stuff. We got these from the city. It says, enjoy the nights of the realm, but there's no K. It's the it's a pun. Ha-ha! <laughs> he hands it over. I would like that back, though. It is, it is a memento. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Deidre, like, holds it as if it's, like, infested and, like, gingerly <laughs> dips it in the water and... Yep. It has never been used. I just acquired it from Gustavo when he was in Julius form. Mm. Well, that's a story. Thank you. She just kind of like dabs herself with it. Um, and before wringing it out and then returning it to Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. uh, would anybody like some cheese? Oh, you, you still have that, don't you? Um, I, I, I suppose, I suppose I could choke down a little bit of that cheese. Igneous is asleep. Okay. I'll just uh, leave a bit of it out. I'll leave the harder cheese out and you can eat it when you'd like. 
whatever you set out, Deidre, like immediately snags some. Great. It's a very fresh cheese. Ew. <laughs> what? Deidre does not seem like perturbed by that. Like she just kind of snatches it. All right. Well, I'm going to put uh, Rebecca down, uh, I guess, over in the corner. I don't. Uh, I will bed down over here. Find a place to sleep. After shoveling her mouthful of cheese, Deidre will begin to meditate. Um, anybody else? Yenny, are you staying up, sleeping, meditating, eating? Oh, straight to sleep, holding the hydrax. Straight to sleep. Okay. <laughs> the hydrax. <laughs> Speaking of the hydrax, as you're holding it, uh, and as you're dreaming, you hear in the more you hear like kind of to yourself in your head, like tomorrow. We're going to get some of that tomorrow. We're going to get some action tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm, I'm hungry. Sounds good, Axe. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, all of you can mark a uh, long rest. Um, those of you who have two levels of exhaustion, go down to one level of exhaustion. And you gain spell slots back. So you wake up. Next morning, pretty rested. Igneous, Yenny, and Deidre, you feel less exhausted than you did. You still feel a little out of it. So one level ex of exhaustion, I believe we said, you are kind of left to your own devices for any kind of breakfast or or elevensies or whatnot. Um, it's uh, it's it's actually, you know, it's weird because some of you have this internal clock where it's like it should be kind of towards nighttime if we were on the surface, but it seems like it's exactly the same. Now it kind of feels like morning to you because you got this rest and now it's sort of like the beginning of your day. So you're in this kind of weird jet laggy kind of funk right now where it's kind of hard to tell what time of day it is, but you're not quite settled in the underdark. Uh, after some time, uh, Gustavo comes back in and he sort of is, is everyone all right if I come in now? Uh, yes, we are decent. Come on in. All right. Well, um, I have a lot to tell you. So I suggest you all maybe sit down and I will try to get you up to speed and tell you why you are all here. You understand that Drake Bloodmoon is an important man in the Order of the Knights in the realm of Valkara. In fact... All of the head knights of the realms are incognito in hiding. He is no exception. Drake Bloodmoon is in hiding to the fact that, as I'm sure you might have guessed, it is not his real name, but keeping his secrecy intact is most important. So that's why the legend, the name of Drake Bloodmoon, is just that. It is merely a title. There have been several Drake Bloodmoons for centuries. I mean, it is a very cool name. It tends to strike fear and, and uh, awe, in, uh, but it makes it hard to, to track down who is actually the man or the person, because it has been a woman several times, of Drake Bloodmoon. Is their real name Ted Bloodmoon? No, their real name, I will not say right now, but... Is it John Bloodmoon? It is not Bloodmoon at all, in fact. <laughs> oh. But it's still pretty cool, and hopefully we'll have a chance to meet them at some point. Uh, he brings out a small piece of volcanic glass from his pocket. It's enough of me talking. It's time you get some information from him personally. And the small piece of volcanic glass, um, he places it on a small wooden table in front of you. And then it, it glows red. And the glass begins to speak. Greetings, knights, and welcome to Valentrell. I hope this message finds you well. Gustavo has told me you were sent here from other realms by different knight captains. I am grateful for this, and I do need your help. As you know, other knights of the realm had to go into hiding and were put into danger when a group of our own members turned on us. Most of her knights were found again, but many were lost. However, some remain unaccounted for. 
I would like you to go to their last known locations to learn the status of both these missing knights and of the realms they were in. Gustavo will fill you in on the details. I'll check in with you in a few days. Good luck. My, what a captivating voice that is. <laughs> is the rock, Drake Bloodman. <laughs> Seems familiar, but I can't quite place it. <laughs> Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I never heard it before. <laughs> anyway, what's your deal? Well, uh, that was that was the, the true um, uh, identity, but I don't think any of you in game know that this is Eric Dark Harbor. But... Oh, he's actually playing Eric Dark Harbor. Nice. <laughs> oh snap! But if we did, oh, we would wait have a noticed. minute. Really. <laughs> We don't know who that is. But you Do any know of us know Jarek? Igneous, Yenny, and Deidre met Jarek. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Gustavo continues and says, Knights of the realm are being hunted. The elites, which is what we're calling the new rulers that have taken over some of the realms, they, they know who are the members because of during the turmoil and the traitor knights, we call them dark knights. <laughs> The Dark Knights told the elites who was in. They they informed them. They let them know. So they know everyone. Oh, that... Dark Knights, I see what you did there. <laughs> yes, it's it oh. was kind of an obvious choice. It wasn't up to me. It was actually something from one of your superiors, but most of them are taken care of. Anyway, they, they know all of the members, and that's why all of the regular Knights members are being hunted down. Someone wants you gone. The members, the, the elites, and whoever their captain is, they want you gone. That's why it's imperative that you all travel together. You keep track of each other. You watch each other's backs. Um, to help you find each other, that is another matter. And obviously one that Mr. Blood Moon wants some help with. These knights that have been missing, they are not new recruits. They, have, they are members that are battle-hardened like you. It's, Im it's important that we try to locate them as... Just as if you were in hiding or in captive, like some of you were, we would try to come out and rescue you as well, because we fear that in the coming battle, we need all the help we can get. I agree. Sounds right. Let's find us some knights. Hang, hang on. Uh, uh, regular knights does not sound as cool as dark knights. We're going to have to rebrand that a little bit. I don't know if light well, knights we, really. Well, we, we, uh, we uh, workshopped the idea of day knights, but that yeah. was a little no, uh, contradictory. Not, so I'm open to here. suggestions if you if you have pure knights, uh, vintage knights, original yeah. knights. Uh, we'll, we'll, we can work on it. Oh, great knights great knights uh okay knight like okay original knights okays i mean Darling, I feel like we're overthinking you guys come up with a name it doesn't matter to me i'm not even a knight myself i am just i am just someone who can see the tattoos and i work for mr blood moon so it's how how can you see these i have an ability called true sight oh okay it's one of my gifts. Uh, I can see invisibility. I can see in the dar darkness. I can see in pure darkness, magical darkness. I can see things that aren't there. I can pretty much see anything. And I'm a changeling to boot. So, Do all changelings have that or is it a different thing? It's uh, not unique to changelings. It is um, something that I was born with. But I have more information to you. So the um, other knights in your organization uh, that have abilities um, to try to help with communication. I've been working to over the past couple of months to try and come up with ways that you can both communicate better with each other as well as try to find each other more accurately. So he pulls out another rock. This time it's a blue, rough, kind of crystalline interior. It almost looks like a, like a geode with sort of a blue crystallized uh, sort of bowl. Um, and it starts to glow with a, sort of a deep red color. And you hear from, from the rock, you hear this squeaky voice. Hello? Is this thing working? Oh, uh, hi. Uh, hi, fellow knights. This, this is Bartleby. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm an artificer in, in Falcon Reach. Uh, I've been working on a way to better communicate and find each other since we've all we're all spread out and we're missing some of our members so i, I got stuck in, on it on uh, this project until 
Oh, hey, do you want to come in and say hi? Are you talking to us? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll say hi. Uh, hi, hi. Is this for all the nuts? Biscuit. Hey, howdy. Hey, hey, y'all. My name is Biscuit. Um, Y'all know that this is a floating city? It's the darndest thing. It's floating in the sky. Biscuit, how you doing? You okay, man? They can't hear you. Nope. This is a magical message. So you say that and nothing happens. Biscuit, are you in the rock? So, uh, anywho, Barty and I came up with a way for every night to keep in contact through the Order of the Knights marks that we all have on our arm things, our little doohickey things. Uh, so basically, once you activate the spell, your tattoo can be used to use the message spell to any other knight that's nearby. Plus, you can cast sending once a day to any knight anywhere. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? So you have to know that night or know what they look like. You can't just say like, hey, uh, some night over there. Uh, you have to know kind of what they look like and, and uh, at least know them. Uh, oh, one more thing. Anyone with the magical abilities uh, can use the locate creature spell to locate another night. I call it a spell called locate night, <laughs> but it only works on nights. Um, all you have to do is place a finger on the tattoo of your arm and think about what you want to do, and you're off to the stables. <laughs> uh, thanks, Biscuit. Uh, okay, I hope this message finds you well. Stay safe and stay hidden. Bye, Biscuit. All of you can roll an Arcana check if, to kind of make more sense of what just happened. <laughs> Does a lot of your communication around here go through rocks? Okay. Theo, Melbourne, uh, through your studies in Arcana or just through your natural wild magic ability, Theo, uh, you, you've you heard of, um, there's a spell that's um, called Magic Mouth, and it, it imbues objects with a message that can then be activated later on. So these geodes uh, have been objects that were sent from the original source to, to con convey a message of some kind. Those must be some pretty smart knights over there working. Gustavo says, so the, this biscuit fellow, some of you seem to have known him. Um, they enclosed a, uh, a sort of trigger word. If you want to activate the communication ability in your knight's uh, markings, of course, this is opt-in. You don't have to do this uh, as privacy is very important. And uh, if you don't want to be tracked, it's fine. But if you are ready to activate, all you have to do is place a hand on your tattoo mark, and you say, I accept. Can we, uh... Is this basically like Facebook user agreement right now? <laughs> like, is that one's... Now, are the knights going to sell my information uh, to a third party? Consent is very important to the knights organization, and they, they don't want you to have to feel like you're being tracked. But since we're also in sort of a wartime, uh, <laughs> I want to allow at least allow the Is this characters... like Operation... Night front. It's a like, it's a it's a fantasy way of communicating. Take it or leave it. <laughs> can we turn it back off once it's on, or are we are we stuck with it? I I am not sure of how that works. Um, you might have to contact your friend Biscuit. But if you turn it on, you can ask him. At least once a day. <laughs> I accept. Okay, Melbourne's in. I also accept. Yep. Theo's in. All right. I accept. Hello, and welcome back to another adventure in Season 5. Uh, this is Chris, your Dungeon Master, and I'm here with my daughter, Eva. Say hi. <laughs> no, doesn't want to talk. Well, we're here to tell you about another great resource, as we do every episode this season, called Owlbear Rodeo. This is a great resource for DMs, but also for players as well. It's owlbear.rodeo, and what it is is basically a way to share your maps with other players during gameplay, which is pretty cool. Uh, you can start a game, and you can choose from some maps that are already generated. They already have some sort of generic player tokens for different types of classes and some monsters as well. But you can also import your own assets and it's completely free. So it kind of has that that map sharing ability that you would find in Roll20, but also, you know, being able to do that. So check it out at owlbear.rodeo. Now we know we are not the only D&D actual play podcast out there, but we really appreciate it. And if you could take a minute just to leave a five star rating and review, 
on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. A review helps us with the algorithm and helps more people find out more about the show. Uh, please join us on our Discord. We have social medias at Roll Table on Twitter and Instagram. And I think we're starting to do TikTok soon, but just be aware for that. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. I hope you all are enjoying the season. And don't forget to go out and make life an adventure. So the way this works is that you have the message cantrip that you can use as much as you want. You can use sending, which is a technically a level three spell, but it's just it's just an ability now. So you can use the sending spell once a day to any knight that you know or that you have seen. And then you can also use locate creature, which I believe I is there's some sort of radius that affects. So you can use that for people uh, that are knights. So Gustavo continues. He says, the travel through the Underdark must be quick and secretive. Where you are going to go is a town called uh, an area called Glorn. Um, it is um, a little ways from where we are, but at its longest, um, the longest path is about a day and a half. That is the safer path. The more dangerous path, you can get there in about six to eight hours, but there is more trouble and dangers that potentially could befell you. Oh, what kind of dangers? I'm getting there, my little friend. I will give you a map so you know some options to get there, but I recommend the way with the least death. Underdark is a scary place. Lots of creatures. I have to go back to the surface to maintain my guys and maintain my shop. I also have people that are working for me that fill in my information, find out what is going on, let me know things that I report back to Mr. Blood Moon, so I cannot go with you, but you are experienced adventurers. I'm, I trust that you will be fine making it to Glorn. So he presents to you this map of the Underdark, which is kind of like a rudely sketched, or not rudely, but it's like, take that. No, it's a, it's a crudely sketched map. That's sort of what you see before you. So you see where Mesveron settlement is, and he uh, continues and says, so this is the last bit of information I can give to you, and I suggest that one of you or whoever wants to writes this down because it involves your mission of who is missing. There are seven missing knights in what we think are six different locations. The first is named Pluon Kedokov. He is a he is a sorcerer. Uh, he was last seen in Heaven's Breath in Kesarim. The second is Luxara Domar, who is a half-elf and a traveling companion of her, which is Joden Reedcattle, who is a cleric, a heifer. They were last seen, uh, last reported in Coldgar, in the frozen Shivermoor. Cyrano, uh, who is a tiefling warlock, is one of the heroes of the Chesquin Revolution. Chesquin is uh, they defeated their elite, so they are free. But he was last reported in the swamps uh, in Lothlorien, within the Zolar Spire. There is a human assassin known as... I don't understand this name. He looks down at his list. XX Bloody... Something Squiggle, I don't know. He's one of the heroes of Oakheart. That uh, like a stupid name. It's... Very silly, but you know, code names are important. Uh, he was last reported near Boulder Bell in the United Kings. The fifth knight is, uh, sorry, the sixth knight uh, is the identity is unknown, but they were sent on his top secret mission from one of the high order knights. The principal. I don't even have high enough clearance to know who this was, but they were sent to the sunless jungle the southern peninsula of Ogjahar. Very dense. That's why it's called Sunless Jungle. Ogjahar. Ogjahar. Yes, that's how it sounds. Ogjahar. 
And the last knight that is missing is Kali. This is an Erakokra monk. Protector of the Majambe ambassador. She was last seen in Shimmercross in Valosia, the island nation. Never came back. Now some of these people, they might be captured. Some might be dead. Some might be lost. Some might be unconscious. Some might have gone to the other side. We don't know. We want you to try to at least find them. Maybe assess the state of each of the realms that they are in to see if the elites can be easily defeated. Keep in mind, the elites that we found in all of these realms that we've gotten information about, some are very powerful, some not so much. So while you're there, if you think you might be able to take some out, or at least bring power back to the people, because there are local armies and authorities, but sometimes, you know, revolution needs a little... Um... Spark. Exactly. This is your mission. I like this. I'm glad uh, you do. Um, so you need to make your way to Glorn. I recommend one of two ways. You can head south, which is the longer way, a safer way, but it might take a little bit longer. So you will be going past Rogallo, which is a deep gnome encampment. They will probably ask for something in return to pass through. Otherwise, not too harmless. Just give them something in return. You will pass a pass by the outskirts of a drow uh, lower dark fortress in Raikalish. Uh, sometimes there are troops sending uh, scouting parties that might be on the outskirts, so just be careful. Nothing you can't handle, I'm sure. Don't go through the mist unless it's an emergency, but follow the path around to the Crimson Cliffs. Just be careful because it tends to be maybe some beasts around there, and once you get past there, you will make your way to the the opposite way that you could go is not as long. You could make it within a day, but it is uh, potentially much more dangerous because you are going off the path. You'll be going through the mist, through the mountain pass, and back onto the path, and then straight east to Glorn. It's up to you which way you want to go, but as long as you don't die. I'm fine with the path. What are you all thinking? I don't know. The mist sounds kind of fun. Yeah. I want to beat things up. Uh, I suggest that we take the path, if that is what Gustavo suggests. You'll probably have to camp at some point during your journey. It's about a day and a half journey versus about an eight-hour journey. Listen, darling, if we can be quick, why wouldn't we be quick? It is better to be slow and alive than quick and dead. Yes, but us being quick means that others might still be alive. Yeah, I'm with Deidre. Glorious and if bust. we're dead, who will save them? <laughs> Now, uh, Rebecca went through that mist, and I think it did something to her brain for a little while. I don't want that to happen to my brain, so I don't think we should be going through any mists. Well, what's Rebecca's book? We all look Rebecca. at Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca? Rebecca looks at Ollie and goes, <clears throat> See, she doesn't like the mist. All right, well, it seems like uh, we're outnumbered by uh, the sheep and all, and... Uh, well, uh, Gustavo, you didn't say there weren't, there's not any mists, uh, there's not any mists on the past. You said we need to avoid the mists, right? Correct, but the shorter way, you are going off the path. I'll, I'll follow wherever we go, but, uh, I feel like, and I just have a feeling there'll be no shortage of danger in fighting, no matter where we go down here. Correct. So you agree, then, that at least trading off that danger with some expediency is a worthwhile wager. Yeah, Igneous is with us. Well, uh, I, Gustavo, would there be a stables or a uh, field or a um, patch of green material that um, Rebecca might be able to stay for, uh, for a day? You mean here in Mesbaran? Yeah, would she be safe here? As he kind of, he kind of thinks about, he kind of looks back towards the outside where the dwarves are. And when you were out there in that open courtyard, there there was no grass. It's 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 mostly mud, dirt, rock. You know, um, there 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 were some fungus. There was some mushrooms. 
that you saw just a little bit, little patches here and there, some algae and things like that. So he's like, I don't know if that is exactly what she would want in her diet, but um, if you'd like, I can take Rebecca up to the surface with me. Uh, she will be quite safe. I have stables uh, access. Or I understand if you want to keep her with you. Oh, she better be staying with me then. Uh, she'll travel with me. The uh, I will say once you get to Glorn, you will have opportunity to go to some of these other locations. One of uh, there are three sorcerers there, and they will be in charge of your transport to these other parts of the world. Uh, you will also meet up with the uh, the caretaker of of our establishment in Glorn, who is named Boone. Um, tell Boone that I sent you, and you will be able to enter. Um, don't be alarmed when you see Boone. He is um, not what you would expect as an ally to the Knights of the Realm, but I assure you he is good people. Going to be cryptic like that and not tell us what to expect. Oh, sorry. I, I I don't really give out information unless you ask. What? 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 Why? What? What's <laughs> Boone? Boone is a beholder. Uh, oh. But he is a good beholder. All right. It's a long story. I don't want to go into it. He likes to tell it, so I'll let him. Fascinating. <laughs> Wait, there are many fascinating things about this place. All right. Well, I'm including not... what you will find in Glorn, and for that, I don't want to spoil the surprise. So, well, I'm not any more eager to sleep out here than the sheep is. So, uh, maybe we should try going the faster route. If that is what you deem necessary, then that is what we shall do, even if it is a terrible idea. <laughs> okay. Um, so Gustavo uh, says good luck to you all, and, and he, uh, he bids his exit, and uh, he heads up towards kind of outside the gate to the surface, and you basically can stay for as long as you wish until you're ready to head out through the gates. The dwarves are going about their mining, and foreman that you met, Nurkara, uh, says, I stay as long as you wish, but... Uh, I don't know what, what else we can really offer for you. We don't have any food. That's fine. If we can stay long enough for me to get a full long rest, I would be very happy. But what about the people who might die while you're resting? I thought we were in a hurry, Deirdre. You brought a very good point, though, that it's no good if I'm dead. So I have a much better uh, opportunity of surviving whatever is thrown at us. Uh, if I'm not at a bit of a disadvantage, as it were. Your priorities are not befitting a knight. Well, nobody really gave me a manual when I joined. It was basically, hey, come do the thing. And I signed up. And you know what? I don't even know that you're a good knight. What did they tell you about it? Well, we are here to serve the people. We are to save everyone. If someone is in danger, we must venture forth and and valiantly save them. We must defeat the villains. We cannot sit on our laurels and rest while others are in danger. Also, we get a cool tattoo. <laughs> Deidre, it sounds like if we get to this place, you might be able to take like a right proper bath and not use that their uh, basin again. Fine, we can go as it is. I'm just trying to take advantage of our situation. All right. Let's go before she changes her mind. I just need i just need you to be prepared for me to tell you I told you so later on, though. Yeah, you too. So so the de decision was that you were going short on the path. short path? Short, short path! path. Uh, without taking another day's rest, you gather your things, you uh, bid farewell to the yep, dwarves, short and short path it they is. let you out the gate, and the gates are slowly shut and you are left with the path before you, or actually not the path before you as you're going to make your way through the mist to the mountain pass towards Glorn. 
you make your way from Mesveron settlement east and a little bit north towards what you see is a two large mountains with a, a small gap in the middle. And there is some mist that starts creeping in from the left and then the right. And it looks like a small crawling shape almost, but then you realize it's just this translucent fog with a violent tint. And then it's starting to get closer and closer and consuming you. So I need everybody to roll a wisdom saving throw. But this is a save. Correct. So you don't have disadvantage. 14. 9. Melvin got a 22. 15. 13. Okay. Everybody seems to be fine. Theo, go ahead and roll for Rebecca. 18. Rebecca's okay. Uh, Theo, I need you to roll a d100. Percentile die. 26. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to send this to you. Okay. I'll let you choose what you want to do. So you guys start noticing Theo kind of slow down after a few minutes. And all of a sudden, he just, he just kind of stops in place. Theo. Theo, buddy, you okay? You're being really loud, Theo. Master Theo, what's wrong? What's Rebecca's right here? Everything is okay. Deep breath. Breathe through it. Breathe through it. Just grab him. Let's okay, keep moving. Um, we don't have time mo- to stop. You can move him along. It's gonna. It's gonna. We're gonna move at half speed, but you can move him along. Unless somebody else helps, I just want to grab him, him and up, try to push him along. Then I'll say that you can, you can, all right, move him along a little faster. I feel like um, uh, Igneous and I could probably lift him up. Okay. I can do that. Just for the fun of it, let's have both of you roll a strength check. Yep. Igneous with disadvantage. I, I rolled a twenty-two with strength. Well, so I'll just stick with that. Oh, is it the two itself? Well, all right. Um, it's a bit lopsided, but uh, you managed to... Uh, Melbourne is taking the brunt of, of Theo, and, and Igneous helps, although occasionally you feel like you kind of bit off a little bit more orc than you can lift, and um, that didn't quite work. But uh, you're you're trying to help when you can, but you, you have to take breaks every once in a while, Igneous. And, uh, but you managed to get him a little bit further. The mist is still pretty thick for another 10 minutes or so. After nine minutes, uh, he just stops. Theo seems fine. Are you, are you okay now, uh, Matt? Teacher? Mm. I, uh, Theo? I think so. Uh, I don't know what came over me. It reminded me of the time you thought that, uh, that Rebecca was gone. But she's right here, look. You're getting closer to the um, to the peaks, but there's still some mist that you have to go through. So I need everybody to make another uh, wisdom saving throw. Nat twenty plus six for twenty six. Twelve. Sixteen as well. Also sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, and Rebecca. Nineteen. She's rolling great. Everybody except Theo. Um, so it was a 14 this time, DC 14. So Theo, roll another D100. 15. 15, okay. So Theo um, seems to be fine after a couple minutes. Um, and and uh, you guys are continuing to walk. And then all of a sudden, Theo, in your mind, you just feel, I can't move. I can't move any further. I just can't. I can't move. Oh. And he just um, stops and doesn't move. And you essentially are the condition of paralyzed. All right. Theo, buddy, you okay? My arms, my legs, they don't, they're not under my command anymore. All right, Melvin. Okay, we can carry him again, I suppose. He seems really weighted down like like 
Like when somebody goes Pick him up again. You know, dead body weight, like he just it's just super hard to move. Like carrying a sleeping child. Or yeah. Something. Yeah, can all four of us take him? You could. Um it'd still be half movement, but Yeah, each of you take a limb and then Rebecca can just lift my butt off the ground. Can we get like one like one person per limb and like all Everybody four of us? That's fine, you don't have to move. So it only lasts for about four minutes, and then and then Theo starts to kind of move his oh, body around. It's coming back. It's coming back. Okay, I'm I'm fine. Oh, I don't I don't. <sighs> Why don't you maybe like start breathing through wet cloth or something to uh do a less madness for you because this is getting it's starting to hurt my back. Are you though, darling? Are you truly fine? Melvin Mel, Melvin wets the uh, novelty <laughs> handkerchief with uh, with some water and hands it to Theo. The one that Deidre just it's used personal. to clean her body. That was last night. It's dry now. It's personal. Uh, right. with it. You uh, rinsed four, it out. So I've used two key points to cast dark vision on me for eight hours and another two key points to cast it on Yenny. And I want to use another two key points, okay. although I will be rolling on the anklet of Puka to maybe earn some of these back. Uh, I'm going to use another two before we get to the ominous mountain pass to cast Pass Without Trace on the group for an hour. Go ahead and everybody give me a stealth check and add 10 to your stealth check. Um, the three of you that have disadvantage, that. you have disadvantage, but then you get to add 10. I also have disadvantage on this one. Oh, but so run. Thankfully, 20, thankfully 24. 17. 17 is... 17 as well. 29. You're fine. Okay. As as a group, you hit above the average. So surprisingly, with the Melbourne's extra cling clanging and uh, and everybody kind of making your way through, and there's a little bit of scuffling and whatnot, but you've managed to carefully step amongst the rocks in this pass where um, you find the, the path of least resistance, so to speak. Um, and luckily there's a bit of bioluminescence in the rocks right now and, and in the fungus that sort of give you a slight glow. Even with your dark vision, it helps to light where to step. Uh, the mist is, is starting to thin, so you don't have that um, obscuring your vision as well. And you make your way through this, uh, through this mountain pass. And you continue along another hour or so until finally you see what looks like a well-worn path and you are back on the path heading south now. Um, okay, that wasn't so, nearly as bad as I thought it would be. I apologize, Deirdre. Bear that in mind and I expect that the largest bed will be good Not a problem. As you make your way south, uh, I need everybody to make a perception check. Yo, Levin. 20. Four. 10. 14. Okay. Um, so you're stealthy, but but not particularly aware of what's going on. <laughs> you, you're kind oh, of... I got 20. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, that's fine. Uh, but everybody else. When you make it back on the path, you are just sort of relieved to see the path, and you... Are heading south, and you're kind of start to have a little conversation here and there. And, pass without um, trace you know, Rebecca's like, every once in a while. And um, you don't seem to notice, except for Melbourne, you see some shapes off to the uh, kind of surrounding mountain um, on your right-hand side. Right. Melbourne is going to try to get everyone's attention quietly and point them out. Okay. Look, over there. That voice is impossible to whisper in. <laughs> just, just stay. Everybody kind of looks. Can we make anything out? Uh, you see, a, you see, that there's some mist over near the near the uh, mountain, and and it's a good like two, three hundred feet away. So it's it's a good ways away. Um, this is off to our to your right. Our right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so scale wise, it's it's kind of like in this area over here. Um, but uh, you see a lot of like shapes, um, you know, like like it could be rocks, it could be the mountain, it could be very thick patches of fog. 
Um, let's have everybody make another perception check. Thirteen. Melvin's goggles fog up. Oh no. Nineteen. Fuck. I got six. <laughs> five, five. Stupid goggles. Igneous. Thirteen. Deidre, you and you alone take a particularly slow look. And out of these different shapes would look like boulders. It's almost like that scene from from up when they're in the 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 mountain pass and there's all these things that's like that one looks like a turtle and that one looks like a man <laughs> and you see one of these boulders start to shift and kind of move off to the side and then is it gets a little closer and it's still again i put a little hand up which yenny and amy's would know is like sneaky stealth stop I do a little flick of my wrist and I point in that direction. I just saw something move. It moves again. And then a second one moves closer. And you all notice it this time. There are these shapes that are getting closer. I would suggest we arm ourselves because I have every reason to believe we've already been started and should anticipate company. Prepare for battle. Three shapes now are moving closer to you. Stay close to me. My auras will protect you. Theo will uh, use his wild shape ability in a summoning way. And he is going to summon a giant spider uh, to come and uh, be by their side as well. Are they within like 30 feet? Not yet. They're about 100 feet away from you, some of them. But they're approaching fast. Now there are four of them. Are we in a place where there's um, like a ceiling overhead, or is it really wide open? It's pretty wide. Okay. It's, it's, I'd say like the cavern ceiling is a good like three, four hundred feet. But... I'll, I'll kind of gesture to the spider and have it go um, kind of off the, off the path a little bit to kind of hide. A little okay. bit off of us. Are are you kind of are, are you guys staying in one place or are you continuing to move down the path? I uh, continue to move, but keep eyes. I think we keep walking, but pretty kind of slowly, moving, right? Yeah. Treading carefully, continuing to move, looking off to the side. Um, at one point, you just hear, <laughs> and five of these shapes start beelining towards you, and as they appear out of the mist, you see these large, white, gray, bear-looking creatures, these monstrosities that are running towards you with large, hairy arms, large fangs. They, they sort of look like bears mixed with apes with very pale skin and yellow, bright, shiny eyes. And they are bounding towards you, going, ah, and they're coming pretty much straight towards you in, in several directions from your right side. I need everybody to roll initiative. Uh, 